the digitization of the work of the board. Digitization has not stopped in front of the door of the boardroom. Working processes of boards have changed dramatically in the last years. The speed of the change has only increased since the start of the COVID outbreak. Not all directors feel at ease with the new way of working. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Maddie Scrafton from Governance Services of ComputerShare. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Maddie, thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. Thank you for having me. We have quite an interesting topic, the digitization of the board. The way boards are working has changed dramatically, and the speed of the change has only increased since the start of the COVID pandemic. Where have you seen the greatest changes in the working processes of boards? Um, well, I think just, I suppose to state the obvious that, you know, the pandemic has forced the use of virtual meetings. And as we emerge, boards have, have really recognized the efficiency, both in, in time and in cost, of maintaining some virtual meetings. Essentially, I think moving forward, the majority of company secretaries that I speak to are, are starting to move to a hybrid model where they're having some meetings in person, some meetings virtually. It's quite interesting. Some Different discussions lend themselves better to being in person or being virtually. For example, I think you know, if you're trying to discuss something in real depth and get some real challenge in the room, um, if you're talking about strategy or year-end results, you need that kind of robust debate and it really helps to be in the room with, you know, with the rest of the board. But if it's something more you know, business as usual, kind of more transactional decisions, mm -hmm. then actually a virtual meeting can work. And besides these virtual meetings, what other working processes are now digitized in the boardroom? So I suppose the use of board portals are really, I mean, it's interesting because they're really sort of normal and standard in the sort of FTSE 100, FTSE 350, say in the UK, and, you know, also in other, other countries. But actually, for some smaller organizations, they haven't necessarily thought about introducing them or, or think of board portals as an additional cost. I mean, we work with quite a lot of companies planning to IPO or, you know, planning to develop the robustness of their governance framework. And actually, it's something we're always trying to encourage them to do, whether it's, you know, our own board portal solution or whether it's someone else's, you know, the important thing is that they get the right processes in place because it can really help the efficiency of board meetings um, and help directors to get all the information in one place And, you know, that, that can support them to make better decisions, really, in the background. I mean, all well and good. You know, it always sounds so appealing. And yet we all personally had our fair share of experiences where we struggled with technology. And <laughs> for our listeners, we just had a nice experience before starting this podcast. <laughs> When I speak with boards, really not all feel really at ease about this digitization of the working processes be it that they don't really like all these virtual meetings or be it that they don't like the board portals. What have you seen in really good practice? How have boards overcome these issues? 
Yeah, it was quite a challenge as during the pandemic. I was in house company secretary role working with a board and it was really challenging sometimes to create that kind of group dynamic in a natural way without them all being in the room. And I think directors really missed missed some of that yeah. and missed working together. There were lots of things implementing some of these things, but also I've had lots of discussions with company secretaries where they had one side of things setting up, you know, more formal routes. So having additional subcommittees or additional meetings between the formal board meetings just to keep things moving, keep the discussion going. Board still shouldn't be making decisions outside of the boardroom, but just trying to facilitate that more relaxed discussion. I remember one organisation were having actual like purely social, kind of social, relaxed discussions that were very unstructured, purely just to help that board dynamic and make sure those relationships were working. One um, quite innovative approach that I, I really like in terms of getting the right information into the room was a company were you know, pre-recording the presentations that were going to be held at the board meeting. Instead of having them on the day, they were pre-recording them. Mm. That's interesting. Them, uh, I know. It's the first time I'd come across someone doing this, actually. They're pre-recording them. And when the board got the papers, they'd also get the pre-recording so from the presenter. So they're really hearing what has to be said in advance. What that allowed them to do is then on the day in the board meeting, it was purely focused on the challenge, the questions, the debate around those issues. So I think it, it meant they had a much more meaningful dialogue on the day in the boardroom I think there's potentially one potential challenge with it whether there's an impact on um, time commitment from the NEDs but you know they're really in reality they should be spending decent amount of time really preparing before the meetings so you know lots of different things that people are trying to create what we had before in the new world. That's actually a fantastic idea because one of the complaints I always hear in board evaluations is we do not have enough time for debate. We spend too much time repeating what we could have also read. So this is actually a great idea. Hope our listeners will adopt it or it sparks some thinking around this. Exactly, exactly. I thought it was a great idea. I haven't tried it myself. So, uh, you know, it'd be good for people to give it a go, see if it can become a new best practice. And I mean, with these virtual meetings, you know, people really missed bumping into each other in the hallways, these little conversations over a coffee, in the coffee breaks. Doesn't it feel very contrived to somehow organizing a virtual social conversation? I think it can do. It's probably in, you know, it's down to the relationships directors have and their kind of willingness to embrace it. I think in reality, for all of us, you know, board members and, and everyone else, we've all got much more used to being on in virtual meetings and that becoming normal. I mean, it's what we do every day now. So I think it's not as contrived as it, it perhaps seems. You know what, what I heard actually the other day, they organized a lunch and of course delivered with one of the delivering services. But regardless <laughs> where people were, at the same time, they actually got delivered their lunch. They ate together in front of the camera I just thought it automatically created a different atmosphere. I mean, people were laughing about it or had a good laugh about it, but hey, it helped to ease the situation a bit. Exactly. And it's a nice way. I mean, you know, that's what the, the benefit of boards 
getting together and sitting down for a meal and having those, you know, board dinners, there is a benefit to that. It does create a more relaxed, you know, better dialogue sometimes. So maybe doing it with wine tasting, that's, you know, it's another So this whole digitization, what does this really mean for succession planning and the selection criteria of board members? Yeah, I think, I mean, this is something that's evolving all the time, succession planning and processes around it. From a very simple perspective, I think the impact it's had is at a very basic level, all directors have to be, you know, technologically savvy these days. I think, you know, really gone are the days of chairs who can't really operate technology. I'm making a huge generalization there. I'm sure Mm. there'll be lots of chairs going, how could you say that? But printing out paper packs, it really, really do have to have moved away from that now and and look forward. I mean, you know, from an environmental standpoint as well, that's, you know, a key thing on directors' radars that they're making big decisions about. So you can't then sit there, you know, printing out these hundreds of pages of packs at the same time. So I think all boards need to really be embracing technology. And, and actually, the company secretaries have the biggest role to play in that. You know, if you still have boards who are a bit reluctant to move forward and use technology and move away from paper, it's a no-brainer. I think you know company secretaries have to be pretty tough around that these days. And also, I'd say, um, I suppose from a, the role of the directors, so from a different angle, you know, digital and technology skills are now uh, in bigger organisations. It's a pretty standard category on many companies' skills matrices. And but given the pace of change of technology, boards should really be you know, considering whether they need external advice around technology. I mean, board members cannot be experts on all of it. It's changing so quickly. It's impossible for any one person to be an expert on all of it. But in a way, they don't, NEDs don't need to be experts either, but they need to be providing the right robust challenge. So, you know, getting the right advice into the boardroom is important. In a previous role for a FTSE 100 bank, one of the things that we put in place was some board training on technology terminology. This was in advance of us having the board having some discussions on technology strategy. So actually, there's a realization that it was really important. They were on a level playing field and they had a really consistent understanding of the language and the meaning around the technology. So they could actually you know, make that decision. You know, there's lots of different ways of looking at it, I think. I mean, that's another great idea because, again, when we do these board evaluations, we always see a big gap between where boards believe they should be in terms of digitization and where they think they are at present. There's always a big, big gap. And clearly, it doesn't appear that boards have the digital know-how that strategies demand, actually. Yeah, it's hard because they can't be those experts. Um, So it's really getting the right advice into the room sometimes. And that won't always be available within the organization. They might have to seek that externally. And the way they'll get that advice in will have to change over time. You know, the (laughs) expertise is evolving. How was your training around this technological terminology received? What were the reactions of the directors? I think it was really beneficial for them. It certainly helped future discussions. And I think, you know, as much as people don't want to put their hand up and say, I actually, I don't really understand this. It kind of, you know, pushed that aside and just went right level playing field. Let's just all make sure we understand what all this means. And, uh, you know, CEO who provided that, who's, you know, an excellent technology background. So, um, yeah, it was a good leveler. 
I think. Fantastic. Now we spoke about virtual meetings. We spoke about the board portals. Can you give us some insights about what is happening at the front end of development? What are companies really working like yours now? What are companies really working on? What will be the next big tech things entering the boardroom? Well, it's, it's interesting. There's been a huge trend around, particularly with the leading board portal solutions in the market. There's there's an ever increasing, um, I suppose, complexity of what the software can do. You know, lots of things like, you know, minute templates, providing market information, chat functionality, there's all sorts of things that these portals can do. And in practice, most companies are actually using a fraction of that additional functionality. So I think it's worth, you know, company secretaries sort of stopping and thinking about what technology you, you want to use, what you want to use it for, you know, how you want to interact with the directors and, and how you want them to interact with each other. You know, certainly I've heard all sorts of stories where, you know, directors will, they will communicate with each other. So they'll find other channels if they're not seeing each other in person. So, you know, maybe they're using WhatsApp to communicate. For example, do you want them to be? Or mm. do you want to kind of, you know, funnel them through a, a specific channel? But um, I suppose coming back to the, the portals and functionality, I think a lot of them are very easy for directors to use in the front end, but often can be really, really complicated and quite laborious for COSECs to operate in the background. So I think there's a lot of room for increased efficiency, frankly, mm. within board portal technology. I mean, we have our own portal technology, it's called BoardWorks, that we've developed. And my team are very heavily involved in providing feedback and recommendations on how we can approve it you know, we're using it to support our clients. So we're seeing what the challenges are with it. And I suppose my perspective on it is that actually we should be making things simpler mm. rather than more complex. I don't think sometimes board portals get the basics right. I think it's important that they are simple and easy to use, intuitive, quick, but then also to integrate with other systems and workflows. So I think from my perspective, I think there's more simplification and better operation of the systems that needs to come before we continue to add lots of other you know, exciting things it can do. Reminds me about a discussion I had with a premium automotive company. And uh, the female executives were almost using exactly your words. So it's actually, it's the case with board portals. It's a case with many other technologies as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because you can do something and make it more complex doesn't necessarily mean you should, but we don't always <laughs> apply that. Coming to the end, what are really the top three things our listeners uh, should take away from this podcast? Yeah, I was having a think about that. It's, I mean, there's so many different things that company secretaries can kind of focus on to improve how they do things. But you know, one thing that I think has been really useful for me in, in past roles is, is kind of stopping and thinking about the experience the board is getting and the experience that you want them to get. And really think about the technology that is being used and actually is everyone using it? Perhaps there are some gaps, perhaps there's some overlap. You know, really taking some time to investigate new or alternative tools that might do things better. I think another thing is to to ask your, you know, ask board members, or if you're a you know board member yourself, give feedback on what works for you and what doesn't. We often forget or don't put enough time time aside for that. And I think. 
thinking about board meetings and, you know, whether they're going to be virtual, in person, plan early, I think, you know, going forward, which of your meetings during the next few years are going to be virtual, which are going to be in person, you know, what technology will you need to support that to run those different meetings based on what discussions you're planning to have at those different meetings, which meetings would be best suited to be in person and which would be best suited to being virtual. Um, you know, non-executive directors really appreciate knowing what's ahead. You know, they've usually got other boards to manage as well. So if they know what they've got ahead of them, it can really help. I, I did have a conversation earlier this week with a COSEC at a large UK bank, and uh, they said they had their meetings diarised and planned until 2025, which wow. I have to say was pretty impressive. And they were they're working through them over the next few years of which ones were going to be held you know, virtually in person, you know, obviously we'll need to be flexible because frankly, who knows what's going to happen in the next few years, but um, it's certainly something to keep thinking about. But I was very impressed by how planned it. That is impressive, <laughs> that, that time frame. <laughs> Fantastic, Maddie. Thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Bots podcast series. Thank you for having me. It's been great. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Bots are always delighted to hear from you. You can best reach us at info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.